Don't touch that dial. It's the American Grooves Radio Hour with your host, Joe Laura. understand it's a one-man band he's a big sensation when he syncopates here's a demonstration of the way he operates oh listen, listen to, to the, the banjo listen to the banjo if you want to hear him you gotta gather near him to listen to the music of a one-man band listen to the mouth part sounds a little bit sharp what but I'm not complaining, it's really entertaining to listen to the music of a one-man band. Then he goes into his dance and sings silly things in a trance. Listen to the sax go, now with the piccolo. Really is confusing, but isn't it amusing to listen to the music of a one-man band? to start a show freddie rich and his orchestra in 1931 listen to the rhythm of the one-man band talk about obscure let's hear a track from 1928 by very young 
pre-fame Bing Crosby. He was vocalist in the Paul Whiteman band at the time. He's moonlighting here with some of his friends, Jimmy Dorsey, Tommy Dorsey, Joe Venuti, uh, uh, unbilled on the record, on the OK Records, the Dorsey Brothers Orchestra. Bing Crosby, My Kind of Love.
up and then I take her down to the five and ten There's nothing too good for my baby Baby likes a limousine I show her one in a magazine There's nothing too good for my baby Baby wants lots of love Baby gets lots of love Baby wants petting Baby gets petting That's what I plan on Do I give? Yes, sirree I'm no fool, I just gave her me There's nothing too good for my baby She wants a pearl, she told me once So I ate oysters for months and months There's nothing too good for my baby Talk about unbilled vocals. Bing Crosby, as I mentioned uh, on that first track uh, with the Dorsey Brothers Band, and then followed by the Gus Arnheim Orchestra, a popular band that was working in the Hollywood area back in the early 30s with guest vocalists unbilled on the record, even though he was a huge star at the time, Eddie Cantor. There's nothing too good for my baby, which was the featured tune in his 1931 Samuel Goldwyn film, Palmy Days. My money, for my money, the best of the Eddie Cantor Goldwyn films. Check it out. It is really a lot of fun in a pre-war kind of way. Pre-code as well. You know, let's have some fun. Uh, uh, tunes back in the day that were written wound up not being generally associated with just one artist like it is today. So if you have a Madonna tune or a uh, uh, Taylor Swift tune, generally those tunes are just the property of those artists. But back in the old days, or I should say the pre-Beatles days, songs were written by songwriters and they were dispersed among all the different record companies and each record company had their own bands and their own vocalists, some more popular or famous than others, but generally a pop tune was covered by just so many different people. And uh, we're gonna and also with great variety. So we're gonna we're gonna take one of these 1930 pop tunes, a tune, sort of a derivative tune, but it's fun. It's called On Revival Day. And you're gonna hear uh, a dance band version. It's a real fun version by the Phil Spiltowney Orchestra. And then you're going to hear someone else quite different doing it after. On Revival Day, 1930. <laughs> 
hear them sisters groaning, and hear them brothers moaning, repenting and atoning on revival day. They're talking to the spirit, just like they see and hear it. They're sinful and they fear it on revival day. When the congregation starts to sing, nothing in this world don't mean a thing. Oh, glory, hallelujah, makes you feel so peculiar. The devil cannot rule you on revival day. Simple and they bear it on re- 
Bible day When that congregation starts to sing Nothing in this world don't mean a thing Oh, glory, hallelujah Makes you feel so peculiar The devil cannot rule you on revival The great empress of the blues, Bessie Smith, covering the Andy Razif tune on Revival Day. Razif was an African-American songwriter. He was often the lyricist for uh, Thomas Fats Waller, and they wrote many great tunes together. This one, I only see his credit on the recording, so he may have written the music as well. Uh, but there's two really different versions of a tune that came out on, you know, multiple record labels back in the day, back at the time when a pop tune was written by lyricists and, and composers and sent out to all the different record companies and everyone did a version of it. And I would say that's really two different worlds. Phil Spitalny's Dance Orchestra and... Bessie Smith, recording it for the Race Record series on Columbia for a very different audience. So let's let's stick with this. Let's get another tune. Here's a tune that I love. Even my band, the Hoodoo Loungers, has played this song. We haven't played it in a while, but it's a great circa 1920 pop tune. It's called There'll Be Some Changes Made. And let's play three very different versions of it. Actually, uh, let's play four versions. We'll play the original version. The tune was written uh, back in 1921 by uh, African-American writers and performers, uh, Benton Overstreet, who was the composer, and Billy Higgins, who was the lyricist. Higgins was a comedy performer in the uh, T.O.B.A. circuit, the Black Vaudeville circuit. For years, he did imitations, he sang, he danced, and again, he he wrote songs. And uh, we're going to start off with the first version. It was This song was published by Harry Pace. Pace was a very uh, interesting early figure uh, in the development of African-American recordings in that he owned the Black Swan record label, and he also was a publisher. The Black Swan label, which began in 1921 and lasted until about 1924, was the first ever successful record label that recorded race music, the music for specifically for African-American audiences, and it was also a black-owned company. So Pace published this in 1921. He also teamed up with uh, uh, W.C. Handy in his publishing. But here is Ethel Waters' Sweet Mama's String Bean, the first ever version. I'm just going to play a bit of it uh, um, just to give you an idea of what the first approach to this tune was. Then we're going to go forward with uh, a great version by The Last of the Red Hot Mama's Um, Sophie Tucker, and then a couple of other jazzier versions after it. So here is the original, There'll Be Some Changes Made, 1921 by Ethel Waters, followed by Sophie's 1928 version. Oh, 
I'm even gonna change the number where I'm living at Cause nobody wants you When you're old and gray There's gonna be some changes Made today There's gonna be some changes Made I'm gonna change to new fashions Change to new shoes I'm even gonna change the bootlegger that brings me my booze I'm gonna change everything from old to new I'm gonna learn to do the same as other girls do Why, I'm a nice plump mama I've got lots of speed I've got everything a good man needs But nobody wants me When I'm old and gray There's gonna be some changes Made today There's gonna be some changes Made Say, Shug, what are you gonna do? I'm gonna keep my gal. Well, then, there'll be some changes made and how.
Oh, there's a change in the weather, there's a change in the sea. And from now on, there'll be a change in me. My walk will be different, my talk and my name. Nothing about me is gonna be the same. I'll change my long, tall one for a little short path. I'll even change the number on my flat. Nobody loves you when you're old and gray. There'll be some changes made today. There'll be some changes made. be some changes times four a song worthy of hearing four very different versions the third version the one that followed sophie tucker was very obscure by a little territory jazz band recorded in dallas texas in 1928 eddie and sugar lose hotel tyler orchestra they made about eight records eight sides that meaning you know four records eight sides they were a black band out of that area playing probably in all kinds of juke joints and roadhouses back in the day and after that we heard the great eddie lang and joe venuti accompanying red mckenzie red mckenzie was a vocalist in the kind of bing crosby style uh but Prior to that, he was what was known as a blue blower. He imitated a trumpet without a trumpet. You know, that sort of thing. It was uh, very popular in the 1920s and early 30s. Sometimes kazoos were used, but that was Red McKenzie and the company of those two great fiddle guitar instrumentalists, Eddie Lang and Joe Venuti, the boys from Philadelphia. You know, um, just like today... And as illustrated, if you know the old George Carlin skit about, I think, what was it, seven words you couldn't say on TV? Well, you know, even back in the days, you can imagine there were lots and lots of words that were just not acceptable uh, to be uh, sung or said on a phonograph record. Much like today, uh, you know, uh, on public radio, we have our rules of things we can't say without a warning, uh, all that. Uh, you know, and even a word like S-H-I, you fill in the last letter. I can't really say it, but you know what I mean. Dogs do it. We all do it. 
couldn't really say the word on a phonograph record, but you could allude to it. And then also, if you were Joe Venuti, that fiddle player who was quite the prankster, you could you know, kind of like try to get away with it by thinking that people wouldn't notice. And he did that famously. The first recording we're going to hear is by Joe Hames and his orchestra. It was not released because it was getting a little too close for comfort. Song called Sweet Violets, not Sweet Violets, 1932 or three, a nonsense song about a particular subject. And then uh, Joe Venuti playing fiddle with Benny Goodman and Bix Spider back one of his last recordings with uh, Hoagie Carmichael and his orchestra. And uh, the tune is Barnacle Bill the Sailor. Now the response is, it's only me from overseas, Barnacle Bill the Sailor. And that's what you hear. But as the song progresses, it kind of degrades into another word. And it's very subtle until the very end of the recording. I'm going to play it. Pay attention. It's really fun. Then I'm going to repeat the last line. So since I just talked about this song, let's start with Barnacle Bill the Sailor first. And then we'll go to uh, Joe Hames's Sweet Violets. Who's that knocking at my door? Who's that knocking at my door? Who's that knocking at my door? Cried the fair young maiden. It's only me from over the sea. I'm all lit up like a Christmas tree. I'll sail the seas until I croak. I'll fight and swear and drink and smoke, but I can't swim a bloody stroke. your pies, I'll kiss your cheeks and black your eyes.
Bana sürprizli Getting a little naughty here on the American Grooves Radio Hour. This is Joe Laura. We're here every, every Sunday at 4, repeating again at 10 o'clock. And you're listening to us 
on WLIW-FM Southampton over the air at 88.3 and serving Eastern Long Island and Southern Connecticut. And if you happen to be in Western Suffolk, 96.9 and streaming at WLIW.org backslash radio and on all of your favorite streaming platforms. This is listener-supported WLIW-FM, Long Island's only NPR station. And I tell you, folks, there's not too many stations out there anymore that would allow a show playing nothing but pre-1940 78s to exist. So be thankful for the variety and be thankful for WLIW and support them. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Joe Venuti got the last word on Barnacle Bill. The sailor, I think I made my point. And it's funny, uh, it really, that record was never recalled. It went out, nobody really noticed. But people that were jazz fans and started collecting these records in the 40s and 50s and 60s, you know, got the record and they heard this thing and it just became sort of a funny, legendary recording and one that illustrated so clearly uh, the great spirit of fun uh, and pranksterism. <laughs> I just invented that word of Joe Venuti. Hey, so let's try something completely different now. Let's go down to Atlanta in 1929. Peg Leg Howell, Rolling Mill Blues. What evil have I done? 
Arkansas fiddler Eck Robertson recorded there in 1930 with his family band. You know, Eck Robertson is credited with being really the first man to make a genuine country 
recording. Robertson and a fellow by the last name of Gilliland, who was 74 years old at the time, Robertson had met him at these annual Civil War Confederate Civil War reunions, and he was a popular fiddler, and they were summoned to New York City in 1922, where they made uh, four sides, which are known really as the first genuine country fiddling on record. So there he was with the brilliancy medley. And before that, as I mentioned, Pegleg Howell, uh, Atlanta, Georgia bluesman recorded in Atlanta in that city in 1929, Rolling Mill Blues. That about wraps up our show for this evening, folks. I hope you've enjoyed the American Grooves Radio Hour. Joe Lauro here. We'll be back next Sunday at 4, repeating again at 10 o'clock. Keep listening if you like those old 78s. And we're going to leave you with some Hawaiian music by Hoot Gibson and his Hawaiian Four. WLIW-FM, Southampton, 88.3 on your radio dial, and at WLIW.org, and all streaming formats. 